Greetings friends, neighbours, relatives, listeners, whoever is out there, welcome back once again to Bell to Bell, the pro wrestling podcast where I break down everything that's happened from Monday Night Raw through to NXT on Wednesday night, as well as some other big happenings in the world of professional wrestling, if they happen and when they happen, as we had this week. Uh, I'll start with someone before we get into the usual uh, sort of weekly show breakdown bit. Uh, we'll get into some of the big major happenings that occurred over the past weekend mainly, uh, starting with the announcement that uh, at the... Uh, Wrestle Kingdom 12, the January 4th Tokyo Dome show, the big New Japan show every year. Uh, Chris Jericho will be taking on Kenny Omega. Uh, and I imagine I think they're sort of billing as the Alpha versus the Omega, which is kind of cool. Uh, this is Jericho's first uh, January 4th Tokyo Dome match in 20 years. He first appeared in his, he made his debut and I think only Tokyo Dome appearance for New Japan anyway. Is uh, Super Liger versus Koji Kanemoto at the, it was then Wrestling World. 1997 event. Uh, this will be his first appearance since the January 4th show became Wrestle Kingdom in 2007. Uh, so there he was, uh, as I said, he was Super Liger. It was a character that was brought in. He was supposed to be sort of the evil arch nemesis to Jushin Thunder Liger. Uh, similar to how Tiger Mask has always had uh, Black Tiger, so that sort of thing. Uh, it was like basically like an all silver version of the Jushin Liger costume with like blonde hair instead. Uh, the match wasn't spectacular. Jericho said before that uh, the mask and the bodysuit sort of, because he felt constricted in them, couldn't quite move as well as he normally did. I think he sort of botched a lot of his signature moves, like the triangle drop kick and stuff. And I think the character was immediately dropped. He never actually had a match with Liger. He did win this match against uh, Kanemoto. So this is this is huge. Uh, apparently, it all sort of stems back to Jericho watching the build up and the eventual fight between Mayweather and McGregor this past year and wanting to sort of do something similar to that sort of fight that people never thought they would see and so apparently this has been in the works since about August I think actually going back maybe a bit earlier he's been trying to do something in New Japan but then the plan for the January 4th match with Mega sort of came into motion around August time uh, may have also had something to do with apparently he had initially tried for his Cruise, I forget the name of it, the Rock Wrestling Rager at Sea, something like that. He'd initially tried to get uh, NXT involved with it for the wrestling portion of the cruise. Apparently, uh, Triple H nixed that idea, and so we started working with Ring of Honor for it. So Ring of Honor's sort of providing the wrestling portion of Jericho's cruise, so I think maybe the working relationship with they have of New Japan sort of led to this match happening. So, and so far we have, I think, six matches announced in total for Wrestle Kingdom 12. Uh, January 4th in Tokyo Dome as I said uh, and it's stacked card already so we have uh, Cody defending the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight title against Kota Ibushi with uh, Roppongi 3K Sho and Yo versus the Young Bucks for the uh, IWGP Junior Tag Team titles with uh, Fatal 4-Way featuring Marty Skrull taking on what's the name Hiro Hiromu Takahashi Kushida and Will Ospreay for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title we have Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Jay White for the IWGP Intercontinental title and the main event is Kazuchika Okada, Okada uh, sorry butchering my Japanese pronunciations here versus Tatsuya Naito for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship so that should be an absolutely outstanding card really looking forward to that only started watching out, like New Japan and the, specifically the January 4th shows I think around Wrestle Kingdom 9 whichever was the one that they partnered up with Global Force Wrestling and had JR doing the English commentary I think was the first one I watched and yeah they're just outstanding shows every year they are insanely long I think they tend to go past 6 hours but it's just outstanding wrestling just 
from start to finish and if you haven't watched them I think this will be a this will probably be a big boon to New Japan sort of internationally getting a lot of extra eyes on the on the show this year having Chris Jericho appearing uh, building on the success of their Long Beach shows uh, this past summer sort of really starting into that international expansion I think having Chris Jericho appear at the Tokyo Dome show this year is a big part of that whether or not it's a one and done deal whether we'll see him they did announce they're coming back to Long Beach in 2018 whether we'll see a rematch there whether we'll see a match between Jericho and Omega at the, on the cruise has yet to be seen but if it's a one and done still this is just a spectacular sort of once in a lifetime dream match that like nobody thought they would ever see I mean, obviously there was always a chance that Kenny Omega would end up in WWE while Jericho was still around but yeah really looking forward to that that's going to be something special he thinks so uh, we also had I think on the same day that was announced or the day after uh, Triple H showed up in ICW obviously WWE's over in the UK on their yearly tour it was an ICW event in Cardiff uh, Chris Jericho or no Triple H even showed up with UK champion Pete Dunne uh, just basically praised the fans, sort of sung the praises of ICW in progress, and said that big things were coming, sort of, for NXT, and I guess just the industry in general. Just a cool moment. Uh, great to see WWE sort of having that working relationship with independent promotions. I think they sort of realise that that's where their future talents are coming from, are promotions like ICW and Progress. Uh, remains to be seen whether we will get some sort of WWE UK weekly show whether they will just sort of piggyback on companies like Progress and ICW and just sort of put them on the network I had the idea, I think it's quite a good idea where they do it sort of like sort of the old wrestling programs sort of before they went like Monday Night Raw style where you'd have select highlight matches from across whatever indie promotions in the UK that WWE work with sort of hosted in like a studio somewhere by whoever and then have like a main event match recorded specifically for that show which I think would be cool so you sort of have like a match from ICW and a match from Progress and then sort of you'd have your main event probably recorded in wherever the sort of main sort of framing device is filmed in front of an audience I think that would be quite cool but that's just pure sort of fantasy booking on my part but I think that would be quite cool I think that's all the big stuff oh uh, Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore I believe had their first Twitch broadcast, I think last night. I didn't see it, I think it was on quite late over here UK time, so I didn't see it and I don't think they have the the sort of on the, the VOD of it up on the Twitch channel for whatever reason. They maybe just sort of want people to watch it live. But yeah, so uh, I think that's starting I think they're gonna be weekly now. So that's great for them. Great to see sort of more promotions adopting that method of just going free Twitch. Uh, obviously I think Wrestle Circus was sort of the first big one to do that. And then this past year, uh, AAA obviously had Triple Mania on Twitch as well. And it's a great way to sort of reach a bigger fan base, I guess. I haven't seen, I haven't heard much about the House of Hardcore shows, but they sound like a lot of fun. So yeah, just uh, keep an eye out for that as well if you're looking for more wrestling, which is always a good thing. So with all that out of the way, let's get on to the business at hand. And we'll start with Monday Night Raw, which started with Miz TV, which I feel like we've had quite a few Raws in the past while start with Miz TV. Like Miz is sort of, I think it was, I think it was Max Landis on Twitter was talking about it. Like he's not sort of featured necessarily in the main storyline, but Miz is kind of the central figure around which a lot of Monday Night Raw happens. And it's kind of true. He sort of is like the linchpin for the entire show. A lot of stuff sort of springs out from 
because he's the host of Miss TV, I guess, so like you get a lot of feuds sort of go through that as well, as well as whatever he's personally doing. But yeah, seems to sort of become this sort of central key figure to Monday Night Raw, which is cool to see. Uh, so he addresses Bar- Baron Corbin, calls him the bathroom break SmackDown Live, and that Miz is going to make Baron Corbin and the United States title relevant. Uh, he brings out his guest, which is Kurt Angle. Uh, Kurt says that Miz knows what Kurt's capable of in the ring, and that SmackDown is the B show, and they're going to prove it in Survivor Series. Uh, Kurt says that he had nothing to do with Kane attacking Daniel Bryan last week, and he sort of he still sort of apologizes to Bryan and all that. Uh, Miz says that if Kurt did have nothing to do with Braun, and sort of Miz sort of implies that as well as that Kurt was responsible for Braun reappearing and attacking Miz. So uh, Miz says if Kurt had nothing to do with that, why did Kurt? reward Braun with a spot on the Survivor Series team. Uh, Kurt says that those two things are unrelated. He gave Braun the spot because he deserves it. He did have a one request, however, and that request was a match against The Miz, which Kurt Angle granted, and that match is taking place later on tonight. First match of the night is Elias versus Jason Jordan in a guitar and a pole match, which is just spectacular old-school Vince Russo booking. Uh, we get Elias out first for a concert. He doesn't have his guitar, though. He asks the crowd what they want to hear, we're in Manchester, obviously, so there's just chance for Wonderwall. Uh, Elias says he's written an original song better than anything that Noel Gallagher, Noel Gallagher ever wrote himself, and he will be performing it a cappella. It's just a song running down Manchester, sort of typical Elias stuff. Uh, gets interrupted by Jason Jordan, and the match begins. Uh, decent enough match here. Uh, ultimately, Jason Jordan picks up the win. He grabs the guitar, and per the stipulations of this specific on a pole match, he then hit Elias with the guitar for the win. After that we see uh, Seamus and Cesaro backstage with Kurt. They say they want to represent Raw as tag team champions, they want one more shot at the titles. Kurt grants them their title match is later on tonight. Up next we have Asuka, she's taking on local talent Stacey Coates. Uh, Asuka obviously picks up the win here with the Asuka lock. After that we see Alicia Fox on Titantron, she announces that Asuka will be part of the Raw women's team for Survivor Series. After that, we get a Titus O'Neil and Apollo Crews interview, uh, just about Samoa Joe attacking them sort of over the past few weeks, and that Titus O'Neil is challenging Samoa Joe tonight, which is our next match, Titus O'Neil versus Samoa Joe. As Titus and O'Neil's making his entrance accompanied by Apollo Crews, they both get loud out by Samoa Joe. Uh, he puts Titus in the Kikina clutch, chokes him out. Joe heads down to the ring and demands sort of competition, says he's not done yet. He gets answered by Finn Balor, which leads us to Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe. Uh, this was a really good match. Ended in a double out count out as they sort of end up brawling on the outside and just sort of ignored the ref, basically. Uh, the brawl continues up the ramp. Ultimately, we get referee security out to separate and Kurt Angle comes out and announces that Finn Balor and Samoa Joe will both be on Team Raw. Uh, Joe sort of being escorted sort of onto, or past, onto the side of the ramp, sort of just passed in front of the announce table. Uh, being escorted out, sort of Finn Balor's being escorted out the other direction. Finn breaks free from his sort of security and he launches himself off the ramp onto the floor onto Samoa Joe. So chances are Samoa Joe and Finn Balor will probably take each other out at Survivor Series. After that, we get uh, Miz. He's sort of backstage in his locker room. He's panicking about having to face Braun Strowman later. Uh, the Miz or Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel both sort of try and psych him up, get him hyped up for his match. Sater seems to work. Miz gets a bit of his confidence back. After that we see Kurt Angle in his office, he's on the phone, he's leaving messages for Daniel Bryan, sort of trying to get him to listen to him so he can explain himself and apologise. Uh, Jason Jordan comes in and Kurt tells him that he is the final member of Team Raw. Which is kind of underwhelming, but at the same time they have Braun Strowman, so it all balances. 
After that, we get a Bailey and Sasha Banks interview. They both want to be on Team Raw, and they're sort of going to have a chance to prove themselves worthy tonight. They have a match against Captain Alicia Fox and the her first pick, Nia Jax, and that match is up next. Uh, another decent enough match here. Uh, Sasha Banks picks up the win for her team, making Alicia tap to the bank statement. Alicia Fox then immediately announces that Sasha Banks is on Team Raw. After that, we get the aforementioned Miz versus Braun Strowman match. Uh, match doesn't go too long before Kane comes out and interrupts the match for disqualification. Uh, Braun Strowman parcelams Kane, but he sets up almost immediately. Uh, Braun then clotheslines Kane over the top rope out of the ring. Kane lands on his feet. Uh, Miz then tries to sort of do like a chop block to Braun's leg. Doesn't work, obviously, and he eats a parcelam for his troubles. After that, we get an interview with Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, uh, saying that nobody wants to see Sheamus and Cesaro win the Titan titles. Nobody wants to see them represent Raw. That Seth and Dean are the best team on Raw, and they're going to prove at Survivor Series that they are the best team in the WWE, basically. After that, we get Enzo Amore. He comes out and just rambles, says fans should be grateful to see him. He rambles about facing Kalisto at Survivor Series. That then brings out Kalisto. He comes out, but he doesn't get into the ring. He goes round and sets a chair up at ringside and has a seat. Uh, we then see Pete Dunne's sort of video package and entrance music hit, but first out comes Kurt Angle, and he says that tonight we'll be seeing the Cruiserweight versus the Bruiserweight. So it's Pete Dunne versus Enzo Amore, decent enough, basically just slightly better of a squash match with Pete Dunne picking up the win with the better end. Hopefully this is the start of things happening for the UK division. We see later on that the, the UK division was invited there, will be part of 205 Live, we'll get to that in a minute. Up next we have an Alexa Bliss interview and she's basically just again talking about Survivor Series, says she's going to run circles around Natalia. Up next we have the Cesaro and Sheamus versus Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose tag team title match. This is the main event. Uh, sort of after and during the entrances we find out that Roman Reigns is returning to Raw next week. Well, it'll be interesting to see where he fits in as far as Survivor Series. Uh, decent enough match this, as you would expect from Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose and Sheamus and Cesaro. Uh, match gets interrupted by The New Day, they appear in the crowd, similar to a few weeks ago, Under Siege. They sort of talk about this being Under Siege Part 2, they're sort of running down Rollins and Ambrose. Uh, Kurt's sort of prepared this time, he rallies the Raw roster, they come out and surround the ring. A couple of them give chase to The New Day, and in the confusion, Sheamus hits a bro kick to Seth Rollins to pick up the win and the tag team championships for him and Cesaro. New Tag Team Champions, Survivor Series as of now is Sheamus and Cesaro versus the Usos. Uh, seems this was all sort of the ploy in the New Day's part just to sort of shake Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose's confidence and potentially, as happened here, cost them the titles. With Roman Reigns returning next week, I would bet we'll probably end up getting New Day versus The Shield, which is bloody amazing. I think that's going to be great. Uh, I've also heard some talk that maybe Roman Reigns will sort of, for whatever reason, find himself taking Jason Jordan's place on the Survivor Series team, leading to a Jordan heel turn. I don't see that happening because it would also mean that Rollins and Ambrose would be left off Survivor Series. And again, I don't see that happening. So I would put my money on Shield versus New Day being announced either next week on Raw or on the following SmackDown. But we'll have to wait and see. Uh, decent enough show. This entire sort of since the build of Survivor Series properly started, it's been really solid both on Raw and SmackDown, which we get to now. Uh, opened with a couple of sort of pre-taped promos from AJ Styles and Jinder Mahal, just your standard pre-title match stuff about how AJ was going to win the champion and win the championship, and Jinder saying he was going to retain. Uh, the show proper starts with Shane McMahon. He comes out and just sort of hypes everything that's coming up on the show tonight: the battle of the sexes between James Ellsworth and Becky Lynch. 
the tag team title match, the Usos taking on Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable, and of course the WWE Championship match, AJ Styles taking on Jinder Mahal. Uh, goes on to talk about Survivor Series, that uh, SmackDown has always been seen as the B show, but after Survivor Series it will be the show. He says that it's personal this year because of what happened to Daniel Bryan. He then sort of brings out the New Day, they talk about what happened on Raw, they say it wasn't their intention to make Seth and Dean lose the titles, but they're sort of happy to see it happen. Uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn come out, uh, Shane had danced with the New Day during their entrance, as you would expect. Uh, Owens says that Shane's not cool and that he shouldn't dance, that uh, Owens and Sami are men of honour and they wouldn't have done what the New Day did, and that uh, they're not happy because uh, Orton beat Sami with a low blow to qualify and had it been the other way around, that decision would have been reversed and Shane sort of basically brushes them off and says that uh, if Sammy wants to prove himself he can have a match tonight versus Kofi Kingston that match is up next uh, decent enough match here Kofi Kingston picks up the win uh, Owens rushes the ring and sort of attacks Kofi post-match the New Day come in to make the save Owens and Sammy immediately bail out which apparently was not supposed to happen uh, I think basically in the sort of day there so since Smackdown it's been revealed that uh, Owens and Sammy have been sent home from the UK tour apparently they were supposed to sort of feed into the New Day a bit more and basically take a bit more of a beating instead of immediately bailing and then basically going against this creative on the fly has led to them being sent home there's been word that they've become difficult to work with and they're unhappy backstage obviously this is all speculation and rumour at this point uh, possibly relating to the firing of Jimmy Jacobs who they're friends with as well as Neville departing but again Nonetheless, it's officially confirmed, so we'll have to wait and see what's actually going on. After that, we get a Jinder Mahal interview. He says that basically AJ Styles is just an advertiser before the main entree of Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. We then get another Bludgeon Brothers promo video, which is still hilariously awkwardly delivered, but nonetheless. After that, we get uh, Rusev versus Orton. Before Rusev comes out, we get Aiden English once again singing because it is Rusev Day, as it always should be. Uh, this was Rusev's chance to make the SmackDown Live Survivor Series team. If he beat Randy Orton, he would qualify. He unfortunately did not. Orton picked up the win with the RKO. Up next is the Battle of... No, it's not the Battle of the Sexes. Battle of the Sexes follows this segment. Got ahead of myself there. We see James Ellsworth outside the women's locker room. He's looking for Carmella. He sees, that he sees Tamina. He asks her to go and get Carmella for him. Instead, Becky Lynch comes out and basically Ellsworth sort of goes on a wee sexist rant about how men are better than women and women shouldn't even be wrestling and that he only lets Carmella do it because it's what she wants to do sort of thing and then Becky Lynch tells James Ellsworth that he has no balls I thought it was funny which leads us into the battle of the sexes James Ellsworth versus Becky Lynch obviously Becky Lynch picks up the win here with the disarm her the match maybe went a bit longer than it should have Ellsworth maybe got in a bit too much offence but that was a throwaway comedy segment it was funny enough uh, post-match for reasons unknown at this point Carmella lays out James Ellsworth with a super kick nobody knows why but still it was all fun up next we see Shane McMahon backstage with Charlotte they're sort of talking about Survivor Series talking strategy type thing Natalia comes in and says that she will pull double duty at Survivor Series she will defend Smackdown it's honour against Alexa Bliss in the Champion vs Championship match but she will also take Charlotte's place in the main Survivor Series team Shane says that's not going to happen, and that next week actually you will be defending your title against Charlotte. Speaking of title matches, we move on to the tag team title match, Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable versus the Usos. Uh, the match ends in a count out after Jay Uso is thrown out of the ring by Shelton Benjamin. He seems to tweak his knee, 
Uh, this seems to I don't haven't heard. I'm guessing this is probably a legitimate injury. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next week, whether or not uh, Jay is cleared to compete, what will happen with the tag team titles, and how that will affect Survivor Series. But as for now, Gable and Benjamin picked up the win by countout. After that, we get an AJ Styles interview and basically just saying that Jinder Mahal shouldn't take him lightly and that he will win the title tonight. And as Jinder Mahal said, he will be the Beastmaster against Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. Which leads us into the main event, Jinder Mahal versus AJ Styles. Uh, decent enough match here, AJ ultimately picking up the win and becoming new WWE Champion with the phenomenal forearm. Much to the surprise of everyone, uh, as were the tag team title changes on Raw, because these were of course live from, or not live, these were pre-taped because WWE was in the UK, and generally these things don't happen because they are on tape delay in the UK or in the US, so they generally don't do big things like this because of spoilers. But on both Raw and SmackDown, we got big major title changes. US fans were pissed, but just being spoiled assholes, basically. Like, you know, how dare Dottie put on an exciting show for the UK fans? Honestly. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Survivor Series is now AJ Styles versus Brock Lesnar. Obviously, there's been all sorts of rumours about why this has happened. People saying that Ginger's failed a wellness test, that he's injured, that basically just WWE thought the experiment wasn't working. Uh, Jinder, I think, on Twitter denied all these claims and yeah, I mean he, he would I suppose, but who knows, uh, people seem to think that he'll either pick up the title next week and this was just sort of a way to sort of pop the live crowd in the UK or that he will pick it up in December I think is when they're on the Tour of India and maybe they just felt that him winning the title in front of that crowd would be a bigger moment than him defending. But all remains to be seen, but for now, honestly, I think, especially with the, the this change, I think that's a big improvement to Survivor Series. I don't think a lot of people were really excited that much for Jinder versus Brock. I think AJ Styles adds something to that match. You can take or leave Sheamus and Cesaro versus the Usos. That's maybe not quite as exciting as Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose versus the Usos. But if we get New Day versus Shield, then I'm all for that. It is interesting to note that except for the Universal versus World Championship match, all the other champion versus champion match as they stand are heel versus heel. Corbin versus Miz, heel versus heel, Natalia versus Alexa, heel versus heel, and Usos versus the bar, heel versus heel. Again, potentially with Natalia defending her title next week and with Jey Uso possibly injured, we could see that situation changed. But as for now, that's what Survivor Series looks like. We also found out after SmackDown via Twitter that uh, John Cena was announced as the final member of Team SmackDown, the men's team for Survivor Series by Shane McMahon as came for Twitter. Uh, really weird way to make such a big announcement. They've done that before, they did that something last week where, oh it was Braun was announced for Team Raw via Twitter after Raw as well. I don't know why they do that, it's quite a big thing. Uh, Cena doesn't make a lot of sense for Team, for, for, this, for Survivor Series in general because He's a free agent, he's above brand. So for a match so steeped in brand loyalty and as Shane said, it's personal now, John Cena doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's John Cena, he's all for competition, spirit of competition stuff. So I guess in that sense, you could see him taking an offer to join Team SmackDown, but you can't really buy into him taking it as personally or being as invested in it as Shane McMahon is. Uh, just thought that was kind of an odd choice, but again, Cena was available, I guess. They had to put him somewhere in the card. There was, of course, rumours he was going to be the special referee for the, what what was at the time, the Brock Lesnar-Jinder Mahal match. 
clearly that's not the case. Whether or not we'll still see some sort of special referee for that match, or if they now feel that it being just AJ Styles versus Brock Lesnar is enough. There was also rumours that they were trying to get Steve Austin to referee the match. That would be fun. It's always good to see Stone Cold. But uh, as of now, yeah, Cena's on Team SmackDown. We move on to 205 Live, which was a special crossover edition with the stars of the UK division. So it wasn't a case of the UK guys were joining 205 Live, it was like a special crossover, even though the UK guys don't have a show to crossover from. But that's how it was presented. Uh, the show started with Enzo Amore. He rambled and rambled and rambled, said something about Manchester being Blanchester. He then asks for the UK division guys to come out. Out come Jordan Devlin, Tucker, Mark Andrews, Tyler Bate, Joseph Connors and James Drake. Uh, basically Enzo goes down the line and sort of offers them all the opportunity to join him, join the Zoe train. Uh, Jordan Devlin and James Drake, they both sort of imply that yes they're in it for the money, all aboard the Zoe train. Uh, the rest of the guys, guys like Tucker, Mark Andrews and Tyler Bate all sort of decline. We don't actually get to hear from Joseph Connors because before we can get to him, Enzo would sort of take a bit more time to sort of run down Tyler Bate and eats a punch for his troubles. Enzo then gets out of the ring. First match of the night is Kalisto versus Jack Gallagher. Uh, during the entrances we find out that Tyler Bate will be taking on Enzo later on tonight in the main event and we see a sort of promo video package for James Drake. Uh, Jack Gallagher, I think, had a new theme, slightly more sinister and more evil than his previous sinister evil theme, but it's good. He cuts a promo during his entrance saying it's good to be home, it's reminded him of all the things he's left behind, of the man fans tried to make him, they tried to make him an all-singing, all-dancing clown like Cedric Alexander, and that he doesn't need Chet Manchester. He is a man. He's a real man's man. Such a man. For those that get that reference, and that he is bigger than Britain. Uh, decent enough match this, Kalisto ultimately picks up the win, gets a bit of momentum for Survivor Series with the Salida del Sol. After that we get an Enzo Amore interview, he's still pissed off at uh, Tyler Bate and said he's going to close his tab later on tonight. After that we get a uh, tag team action, Cedric Alexander and Mark Andrews versus James Drake and Joseph Connors. We see two more video packages, this time for Mark Andrews and Joseph Connors. Uh, really fun match this, uh, Cedric, Alexa or Cedric Alexander and Mark Andrews ultimately pick up the win with Andrews hitting a shooting star press on Joseph Connors. Main event time, uh, just before the match starts we see another promo video this time highlighting Tyler Bate. Uh, decent enough match here, uh, ultimately Enzo picked up the win which is just terrible. Just blah, no. Uh, he attacks Tyler Bate post-match and then Kalisto comes in to make the save and runs Enzo off to close out the show. On to the main event, or no, on to NXT, which I suppose is the main event because it's the last part of this show. So technically I didn't fuck up there. Uh, which uh, opened with Heavy Machinery taking on the team of Chris Payne and Sean Maluta, who we've seen a few times. I don't know if we've seen Chris Payne before, but we've seen Sean Maluta a few times, obviously in the Cruiserweight Classic and has shown up on NXT a bunch of times since then. I think he made one appearance on 205 Live. I could be wrong. Uh, obviously Heavy Machinery pick up the win here, but it was fun. Heavy Machinery shtick is entertaining. After that we get an Ember Moon interview. Uh, she's asked about Mercedes Martinez's statements last week. Martinez saying that uh, Ember Moon can't win the big one. Uh, Ember challenges Mercedes Martinez to a match next week where she can prove that she is the biggest threat to the NXT women's division. 
The women's action is our next match of the night with Kyrie Sane taking on Billy Kay. Decent enough match this. Sane picking up the win with the insane elbow, which is still one of my favourite finishers right now. After that, we get uh, William Regal in his office. Cassius Ono comes in and he's saying he's sort of been on a bit of a roll of late, wants to get back into the NXT title hunt. And for him to do that, he wants a match at NXT TakeOver War Games and he wants a match with Lars Sullivan. Uh, Regal sort of says, yes, you've been on a bit of a roll of late, so go ahead, you can have your match. That match is official. After that, we get a really cool video package highlighting the sort of history of War Games. We get sort of wee interview excerpts from uh, Goldust, well, Dustin Rhodes, Booker T, Arn Anderson, who has at some point just turned into Harvey Keitel's character from Dust Till Dawn. Like, just looks like him, sounds like him, it's really weird. But yeah, it was really cool, really highlighted War Games for people who maybe aren't as familiar with it. It's got me psyched for it. After that, we get a sit-down interview with Andrade Cien Almas and Zelina Vega. Uh, basically, the interviewer asks what their strategy is. Uh, Vega says she doesn't give away her strategy. The only person that needs to know her strategy and knows it is Andrade Almas. And basically, they will be pick- or Andrade will be picking up the NXT Championship at TakeOver War Games. Next match of the night is the Velveteen Dream versus Cesar Bononi. A uh, decent enough match here. Uh, the Dream picks up the win with the Death Valley Driver and then sort of calls out Alistair Black saying that you will say my name sort of stuff which another match I'm really looking forward to at TakeOver. After that, we get uh, an, a Ruby Riot injury update. She hurt her leg during the her qualifying match, uh, during the ankle lock by Sonya Deville. Uh, turns out she will be out for two weeks. Uh, Sonya Deville comes in and says, you should have just tapped. You know, I would have won my qualifying match and you wouldn't be hurt. Uh, Ruby Riot says, you should have just broke my ankle, basically, and challenges Sonya Deville to a match as soon as Ruby Riot is cleared to go. So in a couple of weeks, I imagine, we'll be getting Sonya Deville versus Ruby Riot. After that, we see the Street Profits there hanging about Full Sail University. A, a guy comes in, says he's got a dry cleaning to deliver to Sino Sabatelli. Montez Ford says he's seen Tino Sabatelli. He takes the dry cleaning and sort of unzip the case thing and sort of take a look at it. Uh, Sabatelli and Moss come in and tell the Street Profits to stop touching their stuff. They sort of get into a bit of more words and the Street Profits challenge Moss and Sabatelli to a match next week. That should be fun. Quite like the Street Profits. Which leads us into our main event. Uh, Roderick Strong versus Adam Cole, baby! Love doing that. Uh, this was a really good match. Ultimately, in any disqualification, uh, Roderick Strong has sort of hit that big bra- the backbreaker onto the top turnbuckle. Uh, but before he could get the pin, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly come out. They pull Roderick Strong out of the ring. That gets the disqualification. Then all hell breaks loose, the Office of Pain show up, Sanity show up, and just everyone has a big massive brawl to close out the show. Which is a really good way to end shows. I like I like the mass melee ending to wrestling shows, it's a good way to close out. So that'll do it for this week. Another really strong week as we build towards Survivor Series, which should be a fun pay-per-view. Hopefully this goes some way to re-establishing Survivor Series as truly deserving its place as one of the big four WWE pay-per-views. Uh, if you've enjoyed this week, if you didn't enjoy this week, if you've any questions, comments, criticisms, witticisms, sisms, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Bell to Bell Pod. You can also find me on Facebook, Bell to Bell Pro Wrestling Podcast. Uh, you can leave a comment if you're listening on YouTube. If you're on YouTube, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Uh, like and share if you're on SoundCloud as well. I've been Gareth. This has been Bell to Bell. You've been whoever the hell you are. I'll catch you all next week. See ya. He's a man.